0: Shall we? I have something that I've prepared for you, and uh, I'm encouraging you to pay close attention. Father, would you bless this time together, that as we study the Word of God, that Lord Jesus, we will be a prepared people, and that we are alert to what you are saying at this time and this hour. In Jesus' name, Amen. This morning I'm going to speak of the COVID-19 virus and all uh, that's taking place on the planet, the big picture, and what I want us to do as the people of God is pay attention. Can you say that with me? Pay attention. One more time. I may call on you again to say that, but what we really need to do is as the people of God, we need to, more than ever, tune in to heaven. All right? It's important you tune into your radio. It's important you listen to different people. We need to understand those things. But more importantly, you better make sure you are turning in or tuning in to heaven, right? Because we need to do what? Yeah, yeah. I need you to do that because the people on Facebook will only think that there's three people here. So what are we doing? All right, there we go. There we go. Let's take a look at this the uh, COVID-19 virus has come upon the earth, and uh, it's an interesting dynamic. And what we need to do is understand this disease uh, in order to combat it. How many of you know you need to understand your enemy? And so we need to fully comprehend it. And it is uh, different than the flu, and uh, its dynamic is a little different, though we need to handle it in the same manner. So, one of the things that is similar to the flu is that there is a cough and a fever. I think we need to change the lighting. Oh, wait, we can't because of the situation. Never mind. Um, the uh, similarities between the flu and the COVID-19 is that there's a cough and a fever. So those may act in the same way. There are respiratory conditions and issues with your lungs that it goes into, and that's going to be about the same. But the difference and the uniqueness between them is this, and that is the quick onset. Flu comes on quickly, where the COVID-19 takes up to 14 days before it manifests, and this is why people are concerned about quarantining and making sure that we're watching. Um, And it's a longer quarantine than The flu and the COVID-19 virus can be potentially um, 10 times more severe than flu. The other situation is we've got it on a global scale. So that's a problem, isn't it? And so we need to do something about it, and nations are doing something about it, governments are doing, and people are doing things about it. That is necessary. That's important. In fact, what they learned from the Spanish flu of 1918 after World War I, they discerned that there are three things you immediately need to do when there is a pandemic or a global spread of a disease. The first thing you need to do is attend immediate care to those who are sick. So we need to identify who's sick and we need to tend to them and care for them immediately. Secondly, We need to identify the virus, and uh, the medical profession has been doing an amazing job with the COVID-19. They've already begun to isolate and begin to figure out how to beat this thing, so thank God for technology and wisdom. Would you agree? Amen? And then the third thing that they discovered with the Spanish flu in 1918 is there need to be immediate restrictions, and that's why all the talk about quarantining. Because the concept of quarantining is this, to flatten the curve of the growth of this thing moving beyond uh, borders and people's lives and homes. So it's called flattening the curve. Because here's the problem. If this thing goes untreated and if we don't pay attention, it will escalate so quickly uh, that it will move past the health care system's capacity to deal with it. That's the issue, all right? So if this thing moves too quickly, our hospitals, our doctors, our vaccinations, we won't have enough to do it. So what the immediate response is, this is not a scare tactic. This is actually a health benefit. Its wisdom is to move into immediate quarantining, stay home, not to do too many things, so that it can squelch or flatten the curve of the infection to hold it down so that there's a minimal amount of this taking place and we can get past the curve of it and deal with it. Does that make sense to you? All right? So it's perfectly logical. It's very beneficial. So what's going on right now is necessary. And so we need to do, as a people, for our own health, we need to do what? Right on. We need to do what? Yes, we need to pay attention. So pay attention, stay clean, stay clear, and uh, watch what you're doing. Now, what I also want to introduce to you is something that this virus is exposing, in my, at least in, in my eyes, spiritually, and I believe that those who are filled with the Spirit of God can also see it. I'm not saying that it was caused by Uh, some demonic power or anything else, but what I'm saying is it's beginning to show something going on in the earth. And what that is is that global powers are shifting. So the second thing we need to understand are the powers in the earth. They are shifting. And therefore we need to do what? Pay Pay attention. Because the lost doesn't understand this, they won't discern it, they won't understand. But you will as the people of God because you're the only hope on planet earth to intercede and hold back and restrain the powers of darkness. I'm not saying COVID-19 is the power of darkness, but what I'm saying is because this crisis is here, it is revealing what could be a device and a trend that the enemy is doing. And it's exposing the power shift that's taking place. Let me help you understand this. There are power structures in every culture, in every society on the planet, and we've called them the seven mountains. Those different mountains are the mountains of religion, the mountain of education, the mountain of politics, the mountain of finance, the mountain of media, and the mountain of uh, entertainment and arts. These different mountains are powers or authorities that run a culture and a society. And according to however much power or strength they have in a nation, they have influence. Now, In the United States, there was a time when the religious mountain had great power in our nation. How many of you know that? It did. And when it would wane and when it would begin to decrease, God would send His Spirit in an outpouring to raise up the voice of the Lord in the earth and in the nation. But right now, the religious mountain in the United States is pretty much uh, irrelevant and completely marginalized. It's also villainized. Truth has become something that is completely subjective, and religion is something of an elective set on the side for weak people. And so in that, we then see another mountain that has shifted. At one time, education was very important in this nation. But education, for the most part, has been uh, shifted and exchanged for indoctrination. There's a big difference between education and indoctrination. And you can see this happening on most college campuses and all the way now into high schools, trickling down into elementary school. It's no longer about education. It's about indoctrination. And that is shifting as well. And what you're finding and what I'm seeing just in the last few years is that the political mountain that used to have most of the power in this nation as well has now been shifted. And now politicians are no longer, well, patriots, and no longer uh, running the country uh, through the politics, but are now running it through finance. Nations have now become corporations. And the world is run by money and most of the politicians are run by money. So the shift has been happening in our culture. But what I have just seen more recently than ever, and even the financial that has run everything, has now been shifted to a mountain that is raised higher than the other with more power than everybody else, and it is the mountain of media. If you're not moving in the right way politically, the media can crush you and fight against you finances the media can run or destroy also the finances of a nation the education and the religion more people are being indoctrinated now by media than education more people are doing their finance and work through media instead of financial uh, buildings and same with religion and politics so we see something moving here in its media control now, the problem with media control is this. Who's in charge of the media? See, so there are different people who are over, uh, politically, there are elections in this country, financially, there are economic principles and basis, but in the media, who controls and who says what is going to be put out there? This is a problem. Now, I'm not saying all media, but what we do understand concerning this is this is where the systems of control have shifted in our nation to what COVID-19 is not a part of that, but what we've seen the media do with this problem has created great fear. And what we know behind fear is that there is a principality over it to use it. It's interesting that the devil is called the prince of the power of the air. The airwaves are how all media and information is spread. And he's moving in such a dynamic that it is through media and through the power of the air and communication now that everybody has in their pocket, in their ear, constantly 24-7, you are being indoctrinated with a spirit of fear. So What should the church do? Pay attention to the kingdom of God. If you have your ear tuned to the media 24-7, you are being indoctrinated by a spirit of fear and lies that are going to overcome you. And it is in this hour that the church needs to be strong. Now, let me help you understand what the prince of the power of the air does. He is an accuser. If there's something good, if there's someone doing something righteous, if there is something praiseworthy, he is going to tear it down and be an accuser of the brethren. And so the church is constantly under the attack of by the media. Secondly, he's a deceiver. He's a liar. He propagates lies. He speaks false truth, which is a lie, fake news. And he puts it out there to distort and to deceive the public. This is the power that has shifted now and that we're paying attention to. And last of all, he's a seducer. He wants to seduce you into believing in the fear and the lies. I'm not saying anything, but that spells media. (laughs) That adds up. And what seems to be harmless advertisements, what seems to be constant uh, uh, repeats of information and news and sound bites are what are influencing all of us. Many of you could sing the songs to your favorite restaurants, foods, TV programs more than you can a hymn or a song of the church. Many of you have memorized more slogans than you have Scripture because we are inundated with this work. And so what I believe personally is what we're seeing right now on a global scale is a trial run. I don't believe that COVID-19 is what is spoken of in the book of Revelation concerning plagues and pestilence and so forth. But I do believe we're in the trial-run phase of those efforts. We are now in a global society with one language, one people, one government, one media, and it's moving to one control. And so the church must... And as we're paying attention, we can begin to see... What's going on? Why do I think this is a trial run? Because we're going to get all the nations to cooperate. We're going to hear the same news. We're going to have the same threats. And what that is going to bring is control. There has to be a cause to bring control over. So when the crisis comes, whatever that cause is, there has to be control over it. We're moving into a system of global control and thought. Secondly, it has an impact. I believe that the COVID-19 has an impact, but it's minor compared to what is coming. How quickly has our nation and people adjusted to an apocalyptic sense of mind? We are so quickly already trained for an apocalyptic lifestyle. How many of you know that? And it's because the media, the film industry, movies, music, everything has been pumping this, pumping this. And so the control is the cause or the crisis that's going to come. The impact of it will matter as to how far the extent will come to influence everybody to make a determination and create a singular mindset. Now look, at this is deep. This is going fast. It'll be on the website. Listen to it a couple times. And get into this a little deeper. And you'll begin to understand what the Spirit's saying to the church. Please, don't write this off. I'm very serious about this. And this is what the Spirit is saying to us. Because the Spirit tells us, so that we may not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not what? ignorant of his schemes. The church is not ignorant of the schemes of the devil unless we are not paying attention. Pay attention. and That's what we need to do. Now, as we are paying attention with this, I want you to understand a few things. Now, I don't know how many of you remember this, but last year I spoke a message called The Coming Flu Pandemic. It's on our website. You can look at it. It was well before COVID-19. I believe it was prophetic. And when I spoke about it, I spelled out the key to what is coming. It is fear, lying, and unrighteousness. Now, depending on whatever the catalyst may be, whether it's a flu virus, maybe it's another kind of sickness, or whatever the impact is, it is going to create a mindset based on these three things, fear, lying, and unrighteousness. Because if people are ignorant of the knowledge of God, they will cast off restraint. They will throw away the restraining power of righteousness. In doing right things, it will be a dog-eat-dog world protect yourself because of the fear and the lying that's going to be taking place. So there is a remedy for all of this, people. You hold that remedy, and so you must pay attention as to when to use it and when to share it. This is not the time to quarantine your faith. This is the time to present the remedy. And the remedy for fear is what? Love. Love casts out fear. Perfect love or complete love. Do you know someone who has given love completely, perfectly to you? It is Christ Jesus. He is the remedy for everyone's fear. This is your opportunity. I understand the need of quarantine. I explained it to you, the purpose of quarantine. It is necessary. It is right. But don't quarantine your faith. Speak of Jesus. There is more opportunity now to speak it than ever before. Secondly, the remedy to the lies that is out there that is shaping the mindset of our communities and the mindset of our nation, the lies are being propagated, but there is one who is the truth. He is Jesus. And the thing I love about truth is that it is a person. You may not have that great of an argument. You may not have that much in your sense of apologetics and can explain everything in Scripture, but you know the truth because He is a person, and He is living within you, and you can share the truth by sharing Jesus. And with the unrighteousness that is coming, the one thing the church must do is be obedient to the unction of the Spirit of God. Now more than ever, the church must hear the voice of God. I can tell you what's going to happen. The churches that are not tuned in to discerning and listening to the voice of the Spirit will fall to the ways of the world. And so we must be obedient and do things in righteousness at all times. I don't care how crazy it gets out there. I don't care how extreme it gets out there. You never leave from being obedient to what the Word of God says. You walk in righteousness. You walk in justice. And you love mercy at all times. These are the things that are the remedy to the situation we are in. And that's exciting. That is exciting. Now what I want you to realize more than ever is this. Pay attention because God has a plan. Amen? So if God has a plan, what should the church do? Pay attention. We're paying attention to our health and what is necessary for the COVID-19. Yes, pay attention to that. But we're also paying attention to what's happening dynamically in the spirit realm, what the enemy's trying to work, and what is dynamically shifting and changing in the powers globally and in the air to bring fear, lies, and unrighteousness. We're paying attention. But we've got the remedy. And if we've got the remedy, we need to serve it. God has a plan. This thing didn't take God by surprise. God is masterful at taking all things and working them together for good. So many of us here have been praying for revival. We've been asking God, send your spirit. We've been asking God, make an impact on this nation. But you've become afraid and fearful because instead of a revival, you see a pandemic. But let me tell you something. God's got a plan. Because when's the last time you have seen the gods of entertainment, the gods of the sport world and the sports arenas shut down and no longer gather together in this nation? God has taken the entertainment idol and stripped it of its power. So now people are looking for something to do. How many of you know That God has shut down the government schools that have been teaching atheism and saying God is dead and now closed them down and said, kids, go home, and you study at home with your family, and now the influence of a loving family and a caring home will no longer indoctrinate the lies but speak the love into these kids' lives. You see, the revival's coming because God is moving and shutting down the gods of this land. He then has taken the economy and the finance to where everybody is setting it as their golden pursuit to where now the, crash, uh, the, the market is crashing and now money is no longer the authority of the land, is it? And so we're going to have to lean on something else And that's something else. They've got to hear the message. The remedy is Jesus Christ. How else could you take all these idols of America and crush them quickly? and to the church who can no longer come together to their mass meetings of entertainment and mass meetings of consumerism, but now then smaller groups, they need to come together and begin to pray. With this shift, folks, we need to pay attention For the next three weeks, we have an opportunity of a captive audience of people who will be channel surfing and landing on gospel stations. They'll be listening and tuning in. They'll be looking at your Facebook and wondering what you're doing in this situation. And what you're doing is bringing Jesus to the problem. And that's why you're gathered today. That's why you came to church Sunday morning, because we've got a job to do. Because today, our president has called for a national day of prayer. Whatever you think about his personality, whatever you think about his mode of operation, there's one thing that this man has been doing. He's been lifting up what is righteous. And he does say this, no matter where you may be, I encourage you to turn towards prayer in an act of faith. Together, we will easily prevail. Last week, a prophet had a vision It so shook him about the intensity of this COVID 19 that he wrote a letter to Donald Trump in hoping for it to get to him, asking him to call for a national day of prayer because the Lord had revealed to this prophet that through the prayers of the saints, God could stop and would stop the move of this thing. I'm thinking he got the message. Now, the boldness to make a public declaration and call to a national day of prayer is intense. I conclude with this story from the Bible, found in the book of Numbers. When the Korah and the family revolted against Moses, God had dealt harshly with them. The next day, the people of Israel grumbled and complained against Moses and came against him. This infuriated God. God was going to bring judgment. As Moses and Aaron fell on their face, knowing the wrath of God, Moses on the ground turns over to Aaron and says, Aaron, get the censer. Go get the incense and light it and carry it between us and the people. And Aaron did And Aaron put on the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stopped. That is the call to prayer. You are the priests of the earth. It is a time that God is calling His church into the heavenlies for prayer. The warfare that needs to take place, thank God for doctors, thank God for remedies to viruses, but where the battle will be won is in the heavenlies. Take your positions, people, and and begin to pray. So this morning, we are concluding our gathering together by burning the incense of prayer before God so that we would stand between the living and the dead, the potential of this virus and the death of this virus by releasing the blessings of God and the power of His Holy Spirit. If you are with me this morning, say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me and let us go into a time of prayer. Please, as you pray, I cannot encourage you enough. You must speak. We're going to go into a time of prayer where we will all speak our prayers at the same time. It's not about being heard by the other person. It's about speaking the will of God into the earth. It's more than a meditative thought process to where you're just thinking about it. No, that's not the warfare needed. Mm -hmm. Because while you're thinking about it, the enemy is moving in the earth. But you can stop his movement when you release out of your mouth the will of God into the earth. Are you with me? And so we are going to be praying together, verbally speaking, God's will. I want you to begin praying health and healing over your family. I want you to begin praying for the president. I want you to begin praying for doctors, hospitals. I want you to begin praying against the devil, casting him down, and so forth. Let us go now into a time of prayer, everyone praying together, no one praying above another, but in unison all praying together, praying out loud, speaking for the voice of God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray.